Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. We are getting back from the Thanksgiving holiday and, and we, we jumped right into the flu season. Yeah, so known as flu, fluvember. The, the fluvember, flu, flu-pocalypse as we are currently com- coming out of. Our, we currently have two sick children, so we are surviving. Yeah, well, and you're still sounding pretty sniffly yourself. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more of that, you know, Eddie Vedder baritone voice. <laughs> well, this is the reason why we have, we're going to be a little bit slow in coming out with our next couple of YouTube videos because yeah. we we are one take people for YouTube because that's the time we have to, to do and uh, <laughs> we, we can't get through it without coughing. Yes. So there we go. And we're currently snowed in. So we're recording this while we are snowed in with the flu and the last bottle of children's Tylenol that exists in our town because I know I no, went to all exists. the stores last night. Exist, in the snow exists in the country i think we have the last bottle ever. oh my gosh it's you couldn't it's, even overnight an amazon on it that long. right if you can't overnight it from amazon i mean really <laughs> yeah anyway thanks so much for, yeah i know thanks so much for joining us if you have a chance head down in the show notes we're going to have a couple links especially today um we're talking a little bit probably i think for me one of the more important things that i've learned in the last six or seven months so we'll have a couple mm-hmm. links um, down in the show notes for you as well, as well as uh, links to our Gumroad store if you'd like to support the podcast. And thank you to all the, the new people, all the listeners. We we know you're here because we just had another record month of downloads. Yeah, so we did. It was pretty exciting. It was very exciting. As we were uh, hacking and yes. having fevers, we were like, look at our downloads. Look at our numbers. They're doing so, so excited <laughs> for November. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. It was um, bad. But we appreciate all of you. So yes. welcome if you're if you're new. And this is really, I think, a very important episode today yeah. because you know we, we actually had um, Ryan Billingsley was on last year from dad suggests. And one of the things he said just resonated so much with us. They're an unschooling family. And he said that their philosophy is if they could teach their kids to read everything else is going to be fine. Like that was their number one goal was that they just wanted to get their kids to read. And for us, since the start of our homeschooling journey, that has been our biggest goal too. I, I I call it the chasm. I'm yeah, trying to get trying him, to, I'm trying to get him across that chasm. Yeah, getting our daughter to read, we were kind of like like look, math, you know, all the rest of it, it all has reading, right? We play games, we want her to be able to read. She, there's so many more things that she can enjoy and so mm-hmm. many more topics she can learn about if she can read. You and I both love to read. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast, you know we have like 2000 over 2000 books in this household. We have apps to catalog our books yes. and all kinds of ways of organizing and tape for our books and we have bookshelves in probably every room of our house and and I just told your mother that we were going to purchase another bookshelf and she was like do you really need another one and i was like yeah yeah no we do we really need another one do you need more karaoke cabinets for your crystal pieces right do you need another vase (laughs) do you need another vase (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we need another bookcase because we we're continually getting more books and enjoying more books and that's just it's one of it is our family's love language is books um and so for us getting our daughter to read has been just this 
this huge project that you've been working on. Our daughter just turned seven. She's mm-hmm. been working on this since she was just shy of five. Yep. Um, and this has been something we we decided to go with all about reading as our main reading yep. curriculum because we uh, we did a lot of research and we felt we, we tried logic of English and that was a little bit too complex even for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're a writer and, and we both have... Uh, upper level degrees and we were like uh what (laughs) when we started logic of english it just didn't work with our brain so we thought okay we'll do all about reading and all about reading as a bonus Mm -hmm. is what they recommend for readers who are dyslexic they use all about reading so we were like heavy phonics based i mean it's pretty much phonics based right so we were like this is great we'll use all about reading and if she happens to be dyslexic no problem because we're using this anyway so this was a great comprehensive reading tool right we we chose right start math because we felt like that was comprehensive for math we chose this because we felt it was comprehensive for reading and we thought great we're going to start out and everything is going to go great and it didn't go as great as we wanted it to even though our daughter is very excited she wants to read um, we really struggled with it and so you undertook it this year as your kind mm-hmm. of personal mission to figure out, okay, I'm doing the curriculum and we don't want to change curriculums. This is, this is a good curriculum. We like it. It's working, but we, there's still, we're not really seeing like the, the progress and going I, across that chasm the way yeah, we wanted to. It felt like there was something missing. You know, when you're doing the all about reading and you're reading to your children every day, you're doing this kind of a phonics program, whether you're doing explode the code logic of English, things like that, where you, you know, all about reading, where you have a phonics driven program, there is still this giant leap to go from, you know, the Batman tool belt of having all these sounds, right? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I can just pull it out. Okay. That's an S that's a, oh, that's a T that's a T right. And you can see them do this kind of choppy nature of reading. And you think, oh, once they learn how to phonetically sound out the words, they'll just kind of blend together and they'll just, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll just start running with it. Right. Right. And you just don't see that. And now we've heard the stories from some of our, our interviews, you know, where the kids just pick up reading and it's magic. Right. right. And our kid basically takes math that way. She does. She just picks up math. So we, we do understand that I that's totally, totally a legit thing. I totally and, grok it. It's just, we, we have it not. It hasn't happened for us. We and, haven't seen that on the reading and we've, side. And we've, yeah. we've heard from a lot of other parents too, that they yeah. have also struggled with teaching their children to read. So yeah. you wanted to get out there and look at some other research yes. about how to get her to be reading fluently yeah. and starting to part of the problem about phonics when you sound out every letter is that you don't enjoy what you're reading enough yep. and when you don't enjoy it enough it doesn't give them the intrinsic motivation to want to keep reading yep. so we were really having this struggle between like she was doing it but she wasn't digging it well and we were doing all the exercises and all about reading and none of this is a knock on all about reading kind of the no. the idea of what we're going to be talking about today with reading fluency and a lot of the t- tips and tricks it's kind of like you know reading fluency or how I learned to teach my child to move past phonics, right? And, right. And we phonics kind of, is like necessary though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's absolutely well, necessary. It's kind of this, it's, it's the weird joke, you know, there's that tension in the learning community or in the teaching community where they, they say, well, adults read by sight, sight reading. Right, we don't right. sound words out. We just until see we come up with, until we come across dinosaur. Until names. we hit the dinosaur and names, and then we're like, "All we're right, really phonics. struggling." Yeah, or, <laughs> we're, we're right in the middle of dinosaur. You know, or, names or if we're reading a Spanish word or something like that, we we, we want to actually read it phonetically, right. and you know that that's great. But then also, you know, they need to know how to sound out the words. So there's this tension between like phonics and sight words, mm-hmm. and you know which one should you focus on, and this and that. So I totally understand. You know, you're trying to teach them how to sound out words, but then once you teach them all the sounds and you teach them how to blend the sounds and start to do this, we kind of want to just 
rush to the point where, okay, now you're reading like sight words. Now you're reading like the rest of us. Right. right? And, and we want to kind of get you there. And that's the chasm, I think, is it's like, how do you get them across to from being a phonics reader and having all the phonics tools to reading like a sight reader like we do? Right. Like I can read, you know, yeah. pages and pages and pages without ever sounding out a single word. And that's the the gap I think you got to do. And right. And, 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 and in that is a lot of confidence. It's a lot of repetition. But the problem is you can't, you know, if, if I'm, you know, the practice element, you can burn out a kid, especially when they're first right. starting out where it's like, Absolutely. oh, she's only got 10 minutes of reading Bob book level words in her. Otherwise she you know, she falls apart. I mean, it's right? a, it's, it's a lot There's of an endurance. There's an endurance. There is aspect. endurance. And I think part of the struggle with this is that like our daughter right now is in all about reading level two and she is a first grader. Yep. She's, she's doing fine. I mean, there's not a problem. She's completing all of the lessons in all about reading yeah. and she's not struggling with those lessons. So I, I think this episode and, and our, you know, our struggle has been not with like she's doing the curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's it's happening. She's she's pacing with the curriculum. What what she's not doing yet is she's not picking up books that she should be able to read yes. based on what phonics she knows and sitting down and wanting to read them. And when she does sit down, she's still sounding them out, stumbling, taking her time. So yeah. she's she's doing all the lessons. It's not it's not like she's not um we didn't like advance her through the curriculum too quickly or something. Yep. But we're not seeing like, oh hey, you know, here's a level one reader book. You know all these words. You should be able to just sit down and read this. Exactly. And that's not really the case. It, 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 it wasn't happening like that earlier this year. And this one right. we finished all about reading level A. Um, level, one, yeah. level one. And then we took a break and we did some, we just did some readers and we did readers and readers. And, and we did a bunch of Explode the Code. A bunch, bunch of Explode the Code. Which was good. More review, more review, just trying to drive in that. Right. Um, the confidence that was we, what we thought it was a confidence thing and we thought that we were maybe like well what if we're moving too fast and what if we just slow Slowed down, down yeah. give her more repetition you know the, the people at our, our parent partnership the the teachers and, and the reading uh, assistant teachers there were saying hey just don't worry about it they'll pick it up yeah, over she's time. gonna pick it up when she picks up and there's this there's this there's this balance right between yeah. um challenge and mastery right yeah. so if you continue to challenge kids every time that they come around the bend they they master something yeah. and you don't give them any time to sit in that mastery and you just move them on to the next challenge that can get kind of discouraging so you don't want them to sit in that mastery so long that everything is easy and that they don't want to work right so there's a there's a balance there Mm -hmm. and we were like well maybe we'll let her sit in her mastery for a little bit we'll just review we'll let her sit in mastery and hopefully this will happen and it did help but it wasn't kind of the key and and we have found for us anyway what has really worked and we've seen some huge leaps and bounds this year so we wanted to talk with you about all the research that Matt's done yep. about reading fluency okay so first of all i'm not a super expert in this no, basically but we what wanted happened to share. in my effort to learn to, to you know i i don't think i'm a dumb person <laughs> i may not be the smartest <laughs> person so. i'm definitely not the smartest person in this room right now uh, that's um, not true but <laughs> Um, I, I felt like, come on, this is like basic reading. What, what right. are the, everyone learns to read. It, right? It's sort of like, you know, when you're trying to, t- <coughs> when you're trying to teach your co- your kid to learn to sleep, right? Like, okay. It's not like a secret handshake you have with a baby, <laughs> right? It's like, what are the tricks? What are the, you know, the tips? What are the, you know, what are the things? And they're always the same type of things. And it's always and it's a process and eventually process. they get there. And so basically the funny thing was, is I went out and just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, 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 you know, Andy Weir's the Martian. I'm going to engineer this thing. Like, I, I know there's like, 
you know, what was the characters in, in the in the Martian? Oh my gosh, Mark Watney. Mark Watney. I'm going to engineer this thing. You're going to Watney it. I'm going to Watney it. And uh, because we're engineers, because we're engineers, that's engineer. how we think. Go, everything is a problem to be solved. Problem to be solved. And, and when the teachers told us at the parent partnership, just go with the flow, it'll happen. Our engineering brains went short, short, <laughs> short circuit, short circuit. Short circuit. <laughs> right. So. Um, not, you know, not that we yeah. don't try to go to the flow, but this is what you found and it's been really so, helpful. Yeah, so basically, I, I, first thing I found was there was a podcast. Um, everything starts with a podcast. Um, the Science of Reading <laughs> podcast. And I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes below. Specifically, I hit like episode four. There's like seven seasons now or whatever. I haven't gone through all of them yet. But the one that, that really caught my eye um, was when they had this guy named um, Tiz, Tim Razinski uh, came on and started talking about reading fluency. And it got me like totally hooked on on what he was talking about because a lot of it sounded very um familiar familiar in the sense that i played a lot of sports you know growing up and i'm about to embark in about uh, to be coach coach matt, coach matt in coach basketball. basketball but it's so be adorable so no it's gonna be horrible and <laughs> and so anyway I, I i saw what he was talking about and it sounded like oh these are great techniques that you can do to drill and this reminded me a lot of sports like okay to become a great, you know, shooter, you got to shoot, you know, to be a great golfer, you need to hit golf balls on the range, right? You, you need to practice and, you know, doing all the exercises, they were great, but I felt like I, I, I didn't have the right techniques in, in doing, in doing the drilling and doing the exercises with my daughter. Now I was doing the ones that all about reading was doing, and they do these as part of all about reading, but I just didn't have the idea. I didn't realize that that I needed to do more of those things as opposed to um, go to look for some other secret sauce. And what he talked about, you know, basically, so he basically started talking about reading fluency. I was like, okay, so fluency, I, I printed out fluency strips. I said, okay, it's the What idea. is a fluency strip? Just basically, for folks a, who don't know. a fluency strip is basically a, a string of words. Um, it could be nonsensical in the sense that it doesn't really make any sense what the, they're yeah, reading. The sentence doesn't make sense. Um, but it also could make sense. And... Um, it, it depends. I, I have fluency strips that are both. And a lot of times they are very simple words, um, you know, CVC words, maybe um, four letter CVC words. And they have similar endings or similar beginnings. Right, they're variations on each yeah. other. And what they're trying to do is get the kid to read with speed, um, right. be comfortable to switch between similar words, similar letter sounds, um, words that rhyme, and be able to move quickly and begin, begin to see the whole word. Um, as as a word as opposed to each letter within the word. Right, and we and, printed these out, took them in the car so yeah, that we and, could do them while we were driving. Exactly. And so he was talking about reading fluency and I was like, okay, so I've heard a lot about fluency strips and I, I tried to put those into practice. Didn't really see a lot of great gains on those, but I was like, okay, the fluency is what I'm looking for is that, is that idea of, of, of basically um, physically reading the text Right, but also comprehending that text. Right, we noticed this. Yeah. Our daughter would read through the stuff in all about reading, yeah. and she would technically read it correctly. And but you'd she, ask her what happened, and I she's have like, "No idea." Right, she's looking at the pictures to tell her what happened. Exactly, and basically the key the key features when you when you do reading fluency in a good way, you have basically speed and accuracy. So you're also you're not only reading fast, and the comprehension comes with that, but also you're reading accurately. It means you're reading the right words. Right. Um, and you're doing that with speed. So some some school districts 
you know, focus heavily on speed and they just want the kids to read super fast. Um, but a lot of times they don't even know what they're reading. They're just reading fast. Some people focus on accuracy and the kids don't read very fast and, and everything. And when they don't read very fast, then they yeah. don't get the whole meaning. I mean, she wouldn't yeah. get the whole meaning of a sentence, right? Because she's exactly. reading so slowly. Yeah. By the time she gets to the end of the sentence, she's forgotten all the beginning words. Exactly. So, you know, you have the speed. Speed's fine. We all understand how fast you read, right? The accuracy, there's, there's a technical term that they use. It's called automaticity where you actually... You're like a robot, right? How how accurate can I be? Um, can I read that word correctly every single time? And you, you see this a lot of times with some of the simpler words when they're first starting off, like, you know, um, and or the or can or dad. Simple words that they've seen a bunch of times, they start to read those. That's when you start to see that they're seeing things as sight words as opposed to sounding them out. Um, that's the automaticity. Like they're actually... Um, they're not having to occupy their mind to read the words. They're able to move through and use basically these kind of low-level details and just use an automatic response to read to it. And right there, that that whole idea of speed and automaticity resonated with me with respect to sports, right? It's like, do the same drill over and over, and all of a sudden when you're in the game, you don't even think about it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, I get, the, I get the ball in the post, I make a quick move, I do a pump fake, and I go right to the basket. Didn't even have to think about it. Right, because I have practiced that move over and over again. Now you're doing it accurately and, and now with I'm, speed. It, it, with speed, and you can tr- pull that analogy forward from, say, the practice court to sitting down and doing your lesson with your kids, and then all of a sudden, they get a book that they've never seen before, and everything works. Right, so the speed and automaticity is there for them, and the experience is there that they go, they can go ahead and run with that. Um, the thing that Tim Razinski found or his kind of, his wrinkle, he calls it the art of reading. Or, yeah, he calls it the art of reading. And his his fancy word is prosody. And it's the idea of performing the language and the idea of performing or or repeating it out in, in an act of enjoyment. And so the idea that you want to do is, is um, basically have the child enjoy what they're reading, right? A lot of times we just sit there and we, we just read the, you know, the passage or whatnot, but there's no emotion in it. There's no connection. There's no excitement or enjoyment. And one of the things that Tim always likes to talk about, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the, the efforts, but he likes to bring in poems that are fun, that can be acted out, or little um, pieces of text or songs that they can sing, right, while reading, mm-hmm. right, so that there's this enjoyment. I saw a guy on a YouTube video the other day that said, you know, how many people have um, their you know, they've read a book more than 10 times in their life. And they, a bunch of people read their, rose their hand. They said, could you recite me one page from that book? And they, nobody could do that, right? How, how many of you have, have a song that's your favorite song ever? Could you sing me those lyrics? And they all said, oh, absolutely. And they said, well, a song may have 250, 280 words in a song, and you can recite it, you know, verbatim, you know, with the music and everything. There's 280 words on a page of text. Why could you not, you know, recite that back to me? The magic there is in the performance. It's the enjoyment. It's the prosody. It's the art of the reading and right. the fact that you can do a lot more and with the it. rhyme. And the rhyming. The and, rhyming yes. is, is hugely impactful. And exactly. we started using a book of, of nursery rhymes and things to go over. And we can, we can link that in the show notes, yes. the book well, that we bought, right? It's actually, it's, it's Tim's book. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, perfect. that was the one that we picked up. And so basically... Tim has a couple, you know, in reading fluency, there's a bunch of, of techniques and we'll, we'll, we'll start going through them here. But 
Um, I'll link a couple of Tim's books in here and I'll link a couple of the podcasts that you can go and listen to. He's a really, really smart guy, really fun. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, the first technique that he talked about is this idea of repeated reading. Um, so where you take a text and you read it over and over again, and you do the same text over and over and over again. And we'll talk about how you can kind of sync all these up. You can do different things. But the first thing is, is the repeated reading. So you take a, a text, could be anything, could be your, um, the current short story in the All About Reading book. It could be a set of sentences that are in your All About Reading print off. It could be a Bob book. It could be whatever you're using in that moment. It could be a poem. It could be a song. And we did some nursery rhymes. We did nursery this. rhymes as well. Yeah. So it, does, it doesn't have to be a specific type of thing. It could be anything that your learner enjoys. And then you use that as part of your repeated reading. One of the things that I like to do is I like to do the repeated readings on the, sh on the short stories that are required in the All About Reading text. So every other chapter, every other lesson in the All About Reading is typically a short story. And it comes out of one of their, their readers. And I used to just, we used to just read this, the short story, be done, move on. And that was a miss on my, on my part. And this was something that I wish... I wish I would have known this beforehand because I would have had my learner just continue to read this because once I felt like she she read it, she did a pretty good job at it. I don't know if she's mastered it. I mean, we could do it a couple more times. It was a little... But she read it right. Right. I right. mean, you're kind of yeah. like, well, okay. you know, yeah, do, I, do it again. Exactly, right? I mean, and, what, what, why? Yeah. You've, you've basically, you've accomplished the lesson is what you're thinking. Right? Exactly, yeah. And so doing the repeated readings, so each time they're more and more confident with the text... You know, they know more words, they know the meaning of what they're reading, and they comprehend it. And this is kind of funny because I've actually intuitively learned this back in high school when I was reading Shakespeare um, in my English class uh, in, I think, my senior year. And I realized that, oh, if I can go and get a Cliff Notes version of the book and I can read the act summary for that, you know, whatever play to say it's Hamlet. And, um, I read the first act summary in Cliff Notes, and then I read the synopsis of like, you know, what is the, what is the me meaning behind this thing? And then I go and actually read the text. I actually found like I enjoyed it more because I knew the meaning and I knew that comprehension and I could attack the text because I've hit it a couple times already. I could take away that fear of reading, trying to comprehend and understand what, what's happening. I've already stripped away those two difficult ones and now I can just enjoy. I see the same type of process here when it comes to do, doing repeated readings of texts. So when, when you're doing this now, are yeah. you having her just like, oh, for each all about reading um, story, yeah. do you just, do you do it like every other day or like how often do you to, repeat? What's the nuts and bolts of that? So so we, we actually do repeated readings in two different ways. So think of it as an array. I do repeated readings through the week. So we attack the story multiple times. But also, when we first attack the story, when we first see it, we read it multiple times that day. And that leads right into the next one, which is assisted reading. Um, so basically, this is where... This has been huge for this us. This has been huge, yeah. doing the repeated readings, but the assisted readings where they are... I am reading, I am reading it with her. So, so basically, the process is I read it, we read it, you read it. And that's what happens on the first day. So I read it. You read it. So this is the assisted reading. So this is where an adult reads along with the students. So I do it slightly faster than what the learner can do on their own. So I do just a little bit faster. Very often I have a pencil or a finger that I'm tracing along. Um, I know in, he, Tim talks about in classes, they'll have a, 
they'll pass out a sheet and the teacher will read and the kids will read from the sheets. But since we're in a one-to-one situation, I can do it right next to her with like a, I typically have a pencil that I kind of go along with. Um, so I do the assisted reading and we read together and I always tell her, read what you know. If you don't listen with your ears so you can hear it and then continue on with me. And so I always say, she doesn't get hung up on words. She doesn't know. And if I hit a word that I know say was called out earlier in the lesson, um, a lot of times in all about reading, they'll, they'll do some vocabulary that are more difficult words. Um, they could have even been from the previous uh, lesson because both lessons and all about reading kind of come in chunks. They're like two lessons. So they do a lot of vocabulary, some type of conception, you know, conceptual learning that happens there. And then that carries forward into the short story. So there may be actually a, uh, a word that we were reading, you know, the previous day is now coming into your short story, which is fine. But if I know that's a unique word, if I know if it's a challenging word, I will hit that word a couple of times. I'll stop be like, um, he felt, you know, he walked down the beach, but didn't go in the water because of the rip tide. And I'll say rip tide, rip tide, rip tide. And then I'll keep reading, right? Just to kind of like, it's almost like a hammer. I'm beating it in her head. This is a tough word. Pay attention. Hit it a couple times with me. The first time she might not even say it, but then the second time I say it, the third time I say it, all of a sudden I hear her saying the word with me and she's following along with a pencil. So she's seeing the word. She's getting comfortable with that right. word. And yeah. I think that this assisted reading has really taken away some of the anxiety um, anxiety and, fear. and yes. fear Yeah, with reading. Because the first time that you sit down and open a new book, you're going to read it. Yep. And so she just has to sit back and listen and enjoy the story. And then yep. the next time she's getting to participate as much as she feels comfortable and that she knows without she, our, our daughter definitely gets some performance anxiety having yeah. to just read on her own. And so that, that second read through, she's getting to kind of, you know, follow along with yeah. you. She's getting to step in without any uh, fear of, yep. you know, performing and missing something. Yep. There's, there's none of that. But it's also then, then, not only do you, you would think because I'm stripping away and making it a little bit easier because we're doing this, they call it also choral reading where you're kind of reading choral in a choral manner. It's not only that I'm taking away that anxiety, I'm giving her the confidence to then read. Right. When she reads that last time, it is really pretty amazing because she, she, it's not that she gets every word right away, right? She still sounds some things out and, and all of that. But she doesn't get discouraged yep. the way that I used to see her. We get used to see her, and and we're not talking about like oh last year. We're talking like six months ago. She would get right, discouraged before we started this. And so I guess that's this is good to say at some point here is we have been doing this for about six months, and we've waited to do this podcast because we weren't sure like if the proof we wanted the proof to be in the pudding, and we've really mm-hmm. seen such a good change. So yeah, that this is this year and and the things that we've seen yep. after doing these techniques, and then. Leading into it, just beyond that, you get into what is known as echo reading. And this is where a teacher reads a phrase of words and the student then echoes them back. So this doesn't happen as much with respect to when I'm doing the reader. Um, But a lot of times it happens when I am doing um, like shorter sentences that are a little bit more difficult. Um, Say in a book or if I'm reading to my daughter and I know there's a sentence that I know she, she can read. I'll read the sentence and I'll say, can you please echo that sentence back to me? And so she listens and then repeats back. Sometimes I do this with our curriculum as well, where there's a little bit more of a challenging series of words. She will then do that echoing back. I also like to do echo reading. Um, This is the third topic is the echo reading. Um, 
that I like to do it when when there's a, a series of words that that have kind of a cadence and everything and, and like dialogue or something of that nature and or I'll ask her you know how would you know we're reading the second graphic novel of the Dragonettes you know the Wings of, Wings Fire, of Fire series and I say well how do you think Queen Coral would say this line she goes what line and they'll say you know, don't touch my egg, blah, blah, blah. And I go, is that how you imagine her saying it? No, no, I imagine her saying it like this, you know? And and so you can do some fun echo reading. And I said, oh, the, can you see where she says that right here? Can you read it? So read it like Queen Coral would. She goes, oh, okay, I don't touch my eggs, you know, blah, blah, you know, whatever it is, right? Right. And she's starting to perform it. Starting to do that performance. So you have this repeated reading, choral reading, or, or kind of a group reading, echo reading, and then that finally gets into the uh, one of the final ones is is kind of chunking, and so when I'm starting to do, um, the echo reading is a great introduction into chunk reading because it's kind of funny. There's a third step beyond phonics sight reading, and then it's chunk reading because when the way we read, you and I read, is we read three or four words at a time. Right, right, because I can read a sentence, look up, and continue to read that sentence and look down, and yeah. like because I can read to my daughter and see how she's reacting and never lose the cadence of what I'm reading because I'm right. reading chunks of words. Yeah, and so That's when true. I when I'm doing the repeated reading, and then the choral reading, once I've kind of mastered the echo reading, I kind of remove that and I I slot in the chunking reading, where I start to read in a cadence. One of the, I think, I, I think I read once that like all of Abraham Lincoln's uh, speeches can be read in like a three or four word cadence. Like he, he wrote in that kind of like pulsing manner mm-hmm. and it's very com- compelling in the way he, the way he wrote, he wrote his speeches. Um, when you read in that kind of that chunking manner, you can kind of feel like there's a heartbeat with respect to your reading. I try to start doing that when I do my, my echo reading or my first read to my daughter, I'm trying to read and kind of that pulse where I'm trying to teach her how to manage her breath, manage the words, and then keep moving forward. Especially when it comes to things like dialogue, which is really a spoken thing. You gotta have a good pacing there. So they have this idea called chunk, chunking reading. So that's where you just take a sentence and you read it in chunks. Now AAR does this. They give you these print-off sheets or part of their 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 binders where they re- say there's a 10-word sentence They'll have you read the first three letters, first three words. Then the next line is the first three words plus the next three words. And then the next line is those six words plus the the last four, right? And so you can chunk read those sentences. That's another way to do that. But also that chunk reading is a way to get the cadence to, to, to repeatedly read the same word over and over and have that confidence so you don't have to sound out those words. I found this to be very helpful to her. Um, I wish AAR, AAR had more of this in their books. They tend to have like, I don't know, four or five of them per main lesson. I wish they had like 10 or 20 of them. Because they're really, we, really helpful. We didn't really understand. And she yeah. was just reading the final sentence. She exactly. was like, oh, I can read all of this. I don't have to read this in yeah. three words and then five yeah. words and then seven. And now that we understand the principle of it, yep. you know, it's like, no, no, read this in chunks. So that by the time she gets yeah. to the end... She's reading it very confidently yep. with good understanding. Well, and it's kind of funny when you do chunk reading, you're almost kind of incorporating a little bit of echo reading because they're hearing what they're what they're saying. They're hearing mm-hmm. it multiple times, mm-hmm. right? And they're doing the repeated reading. 
at the same time, right? So they're, right. you know, they do that same thing three or four times. So it's, I think, so a lot yeah. of these techniques sounds like they really stack upon one they another. They do. They really do stack. And, and out of these methods, you can really pick and choose which ones you think, you know, works best for you. But you will find, you'll kind of blend all of them into a certain technique that works best for your kid. And that's kind of what I did. And we'll talk a little bit about, about that um, at the end. Um, but basically, yeah. So at the end, chunk reading becomes basically a memorization game. It allows you to start to read those words as if they're sight words. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that bridge to give them that experience of doing what, you know, one of the things I always heard about in you know, sports we always did is um, a team that doesn't practice winning doesn't know how to win. Um, one of the things I always heard is some like football teams will practice a, you know, fourth and goal play with two seconds to go. And if they get it in, the whole team celebrates like it's, they just won the Super Bowl, right? And you got to, you got to practice winning so that you know, you have it in your mind that you can do those things. Right. And so when you do these type of things with reading, the chunk reading, the echo reading, the repeated reading, the core reading, they're starting to, to do the techniques and the actions that you want them to do eventually, which is just read the words, right? Like, like sight word reading, uh, have that confidence, just do it, right? You, you, you have all the tools you, you want, but they just don't have the confidence. They don't have the experience. What I like about all these methods here is that it removes a lot of the risk, uh, the fear, the anxiety that the kids end up having that kind of like hold them back yeah. from really doing the thing they know they can do. Um, that maybe those kids who like pick up reading really well, they have that confidence. They just run right into it. Maybe their brain can just see multiple words at a time or they can see the whole word and they just get it. You know, right? it was one of the things for our daughter where yeah. she, she definitely was doing it and it, she seemed to be fine. And we would just say, Hey, if you just, you know, don't get discouraged the first time you don't know a word, like sit yeah. there, try to figure it out, then come ask us if you need help and we'll get you over that hump and then you can keep going. Yeah. But she would hit that first stumbling block it's and just, just too totally much. shut yeah. down and lose all of her momentum and confidence. And so yeah. this is, these techniques have really helped her. And one of the things we've started doing too, to pair with this, it, you know, if, you, if you're doing any early readers with your kids, you'll know that those step level one, two, whatever, they don't work very well with phonics. <laughs> no. They're not very decodable. And you will find some crazy words in yeah. what would be considered a level one book. Um, and, and that's because they're meant to start, you know, inferring from the picture and kind of sight, you know, read and kind of yeah. figure out words. And so that's really hard when you have a kid who's phonics based and they're trying to, you know, yeah. add them all up. So one of the things that we've started doing is getting those early books, but getting books that rhyme. Mm-hmm. And I've really seen a big improvement in her individual desire to go out and read based on knowing that it rhymes gives her little clues as to and i think she sees that confidence and every time she makes the rhyme Mm -hmm. she's like yeah it's in the dragons of fire graphic novel the first one there's a prophecy and it's all rhyming and so she was reading it and she was so excited every time she did the rhyme was i could see her in her brain going cha-ching (laughs) cha-ching like i got it i know i got it because it rhymed right exactly well that's a perfect that's a perfect lead-in so we've talked about the repeated readings the choral reading, the echo reading, the chunk reading. And now you get into the thing that Tim talks about a lot, which is the prosody and getting into that performance aspect or the, or in essence using uh, poems and songs, things that rhyme or things that have kind of a natural rhythm uh, embedded within them and use them to help guide your pacing and to help to guide your confidence of the reader because they can kind of anticipate 
right? The kids are smart. Like they can anticipate, you know, they constantly want to guess what that next word is from, from the context. And sometimes you're like, oh, you guessed, I know you guessed that word and you guessed correctly because two words later, instead of, you know, instead of reading context, you wrote, you read like, I don't know, some crazy word, right? Like you didn't even get close. You see how you were trying to guess what, what that word was. Um, but things like poems and songs and rhyming books can allow them to know that whole, you know, mess of words that they have in their head that they know go, Oh, that's probably strong because the perfect, the one before that was wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and it rhymes and I, and I can kind of guess what that word is. So Tim loves to use poems and songs, and this gets into that prosody, the art of reading, the the act of experiencing and having fun and performing those type of things. And she loves to perform now. She, she does. loves to to say, "Oh, come sit with me yep. while I read this," or uh, "Here's the poem that I've got. Let me call Grandma and, and read this to her." Yep. And she really loves that aspect yeah, of it. It's not just the performance, but a lot of times with certain things, there's inflection in the voice. Like, so if you're reading a poem, you can, you know, like one of them, what was the one she, I don't remember the name of the poem, but she read it in as if she were, it was just, she was Dracula. Do you remember that? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. It was, it was like, uh, it was like a really innocent nursery rhyme and and she she read it like Dracula. It was very funny. But she, she had an absolute blast doing it because she she could pretend to have the voice and she had the inflection and she was performing and as part of using poems and songs, you can start to add in um, the uh, the ability to memorize and recall uh, because you can know what's coming up. And so they have the text in front of them and they're reading it. But if they if they drop a word, they can look down real quick and, oh, yes, I have. I know what that word is. And they can, you know, carry on and move forward. Using poems and songs with all the other techniques that we just ta- talked about is a great way to add the fun and enjoyment and the experience of reading um to learn as what you said is like, oh, you can record a video and send that to grandma or you can perform that in front of your friend or whatever it might be. The act of performing. I think Tim used to talk about how some of the students um, would, you know, the parents would come in to the class and they'd have to then perform a speech or a poem or, you know, some piece of text and and the parents would be surprised. Like, my God, my kid memorized that. The act of memorizing, as I said, my, my analogy earlier, it's like it's easier to memorize a song than it is to memorize a, a page of text. You know, adding that into plays and poems and songs and using things that are exciting can not only engage the reader, but also engage the mind into understanding what they're reading and and and, and using that to enhance their ability to read. Mm-hmm. Um, then the final one, uh, just kind of an extension off of that, is using plays. Um, pulling in famous plays, pulling in famous dialogue, maybe from a movie that they love. Yeah, we started doing movie dialogue with her and it's been very fun. Movie, and, I mean, think about it. What's the, what's the you know, if you remember back, what, what is a lot of people's fav- favorite things to do is to quote movies and to quote, you know, some people can, you know, I, I don't know about the ladies, but I know a lot of guys can communicate via quotes and movies, you know, and we yeah. will immediately know what movie you're talking about, what character you're talking about. You know, I can quote Dumb and Dumber clips all the time. Ugh. I know she doesn't. She doesn't love it. Hey, guys, take a knee. No, Dumb and Dumber is a is a Desert Island Five movie for oh, Mr. Matt. Gosh, Desert Desert Island Five. I could watch it anytime you want. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we are living proof that you do not have to share all sense of humor. 
<laughs> don't have to share any sense of humor. You don't have to share. You don't have to share it exactly to have a good marriage. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, that's the stupidest movie that's ever existed. Yes, it it, it tickles my funny bone. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it anyway, is. So but you it's can, been fun. We've yeah. been using like Harry Potter po- quotes yes, Harry for Potter. our daughter because she really loves Harry Potter. And so that's been a really fun one for her. Another another way to do it as well is to tell funny jokes or dad jokes or type of puns and things of that nature. So Knock, knock jokes. Knock, our knock daughter jokes. loves the knock, knock what, joke. What's what's the great joke right now that both of our kids know? At the library, I hear a talk about dried grapes. Someone say, I want to raise an awareness. <laughs> That's adorable. Come on, that's pretty adorable. That's that's like a classic. That's classic. Anyway, I stole that off of a uh, a, a TikTok YouTube short uh, channel, and I'll go ahead and uh, put that in the show link, show notes. So, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. That's not my joke. Um, but anyway, like using plays, using dad jokes, using funny jokes, those are all great ways to kind of you know enhance the experience, enhance that memory, um, and and bring larger text to life. So you know, telling a complex joke like that. Um, is way more comp- it can be way more difficult, way more challenging than say reading an early reader, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it kind of combines a lot of things where you may have some complicated language, but also you may have some slight comedic pauses or whatever it might be, or even in the performance of, you know, a famous, um, you know, play, right? Like you imagine uh, um, someone getting up there and doing the, uh, the Mark Antony speech from, mm-hmm. from Julius Caesar, you know, you know, Romans lend me your ears, right? You know, Brutus was an honorable man. I'm starting to think that Brutus was not an honorable man. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, if you, if you, you can do famous things like that and it kind of brings that, that memory. Reciting plays and poems was something that was done a long time ago. Um, and I've heard some stories, you know, old stories about people, you know, when they were in very dark, dark times, having that recall of those famous poems and famous, you know, soliloquies from plays and whatnot you know, keeping them entertained when they were in kind of a dangerous time or whatnot. So having the ability to recall um, kind of big blocks of text um, has, was an old skill that that I think we kind of lost. And so they're kind of, you know, kind of in, in essence, kind of think about resurrecting that as kind of a way to enhance your literacy, enhance your fluency um, with your early reader. So hopefully those techniques uh, made a lot of sense. Hopefully they were clear. I will go ahead and put a bunch of links down below but basically, uh, I want to just give you what's Matt's method. So what have I been doing? Um, how do I incorporate all of these? So basically, um, t- for any new text or any short story for the last like four or five months, nearly every day, <laughs> I do the following thing with my daughter. Whether it's a, a day where um, we're doing some conceptual learning, I'll have her read a little bit of a short story. If it's the short story lesson and we have a short story to do, then she'll just read that short story. But basically, I always tell my daughter, I go, okay, I'm going to read, we're going to read, and then you're going to read, right? Very simply, I I do the reading that adds in the chunking. I do a lot of chunking for the the difficult words. I do the repeated reading, and I do the echoed reading. Um, echoed reading actually is the next one. When we read, I, we do a lot of echo reading. I repeat those words a couple times to get her past those difficult words, and then she reads it. Now, That'll be the third time she'll have heard that story. When she jumps into the text, it may she may slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. but I notice that she's able to progress all the way through. She understands what's happening in the story. She's heard the words before. She's able to recall that complex word. When she gets stuck on that word, you know, like riptide or whatever it might be, if she had some like compound word that she needed to learn, she's able to recall that quickly because, oh, it's in the forefront of her mind. 
and she has the confidence to get to the end. Now, this is where I, the rubber hits the road. You may think, oh, you're just reading it three times. So she's just memorizing what she's reading. I'm not reading one page at a time. I will read the entire story, which may be 10 pages. So there's no way that she's memorizing on the second pass what's on page 10. There's absolutely no way she's right. doing that. There's no way. Right. And I, and I know she's not memorizing it because on the following day, we come back to that short story. I don't do those techniques again. I don't do the repeated reading. We don't do the choral reading. She does the reading. So she's approaching the text without me doing the multiple readings or the repeated reading. And she's approaching it as if she's, you know, finding a new text. She, she'll have to pull back from her memory what she read yesterday. She reads a tad bit slower, but she gets all the way through it. And very rarely does she run into any sticky points where she normally would have kind of shut down before. Mm -hmm. I then do that again the following day and maybe one more time where I kind of carry those short stories forward. So she's reading, she'll end up, you know, between her and I and her, uh, we may read that short story five or six times. And right. I find by the fin final time that she's able to just, you know, just read it like it's no big deal. And, and we're not finding through this method either that she's getting bored of the things because yeah. I think, and I think it's because she's enjoying the confidence of yeah. mastery of being able to do it, that it's not like, oh, I don't want to read that for the fifth or sixth time, right? She's, we're not hearing that from her. She's enjoying that she yeah. can do it and she can do it well. Well, and, and the funny thing is now I'm asking her to read things that are on cards, like we're playing games, read things at the store. I see a lot of that anxiety is now gone after doing this for about four or five months, having these techniques put into place and really focusing on them a lot. Um, I find that a lot of that's gone. And now if she does do any pushback, she's like, oh, I don't know. I said, well, why don't you give it a try and let's see what happens. And she goes, okay. And she just starts. And you're like, okay, well, that wasn't too hard, was it? You know, Right, well, like you she, could but do she it. wouldn't do that before. She wouldn't have she done would it before. Not have she just said, I'm not gonna do it. You know, She'd I'm just, be I'd be too afraid, right? Um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a huge revelation for us, right? So her confidence is up, her speed of reading is up, her speed of reading is way up. Her ability to read CVC words just by sight reading now is, I mean, she has like, you know, she could just do maybe 100, 200, 300 words just all the time now. It's not even a big deal, yeah, right? A really lot great. of those short, you know, the one, you know, obviously the two letter words, the three letter words. I was like, you're still sounding that word out. It's like, come on, you've read that word a million times. Yeah. And it's like two years of you reading that word and you're still sounding it out. Now she's not, right? And it's, yeah. it's this confidence it was a confidence game it was a confidence issue so you know as we go for you know forward we're just going to continue doing these these methods and we're just going to continue i think to add the complexity and mm -hmm. to continue to you know do the stress test in a good way um, to keep pushing her forward but these reading fluency methods have been a real big find for us so i'm I hope this has been informational for you guys. Um, it's been really re revolutionary for us. Yeah, she now picks yeah. up books that we go to the library and she checks out. We, we specifically ask the librarian to help us find yep. early readers that were rhyming books. Yep. So they were kind of your, you know, leveled readers, but rhyming. Mm -hmm. And she loves those. She brings them home. She reads them. Um, she's caught with a book in her hands a yep. lot of a lot of times when she's got downtime. So I think you really that's exactly what we wanted to see. I think you really saw the benefit when she read Ten Timid Ghosts. Yes. So yes. we at, at Halloween we, we had tend to have books for Ten Timid Ghosts, and yeah, we have lots of holiday books. And one of the things that was interesting about that was it was 
it had the same cadence, right? Yeah. A witch moved in and wanted them out, out, right? So she could memorize that part. Yeah. And then she only had to read the new part and she knew that it was going to rhyme yeah. and she was going to be counting down numbers. So she was able to put enough of it together. Yeah. She must have read 10 Timid Ghosts 30 times. Yeah. She, and she did it on yeah. her own I, for fun. I remember the first time it, fabulous. it happened. Were, were we in the car? We, we were in the car. And, and, and I kept looking at you and you kept looking at me like quizzically. I'm like, yeah. She's reading I'm, that. I'm, I'm like... This is what she does now. This is crazy. And right. we, we it was were just pretty amazing. We were pretty amazed watching it. And it was This it was, is what we wanted was because yeah. she's she's loved books since she was able to hold a book. She's wanted to yeah. look at the picture. She's wanted to be read to, but we weren't seeing her wanting to pick up books on her own exactly. without us being there to help support and read. You know, she wanted to pick them up and look at the pictures, but she would never want to voluntarily try to read yep. and just in the, these last few months with these techniques we've seen her want to pick up things and read herself exactly. so for us it's been night and day and, and yeah hopefully this is uh this nuts and bolts stuff is is helpful to you and this gives you some ideas if you have I, I, amazing I, reading techniques you know please put them in the sh- put them in the comments we, we love it like yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I would love to look more the, these were the type of things I, I listen i fully admit i may have skipped over the all about reading two pages please read this Reading fluency is most you important. You probably thing. read it and forgot it. I read it and forgot it. Who knows? But not hearing these techniques, I would have loved to have known somebody to sit down and say, hey, Matt, come here. Let me tell you the secret. These are the things you need to do. Do all the things that the curriculum has, but make sure you put these things in practice as your typical you know, method. Like, yeah, you got to dribble the basketball, but we need to practice the offense. And the offense is this, right? And says, so, yeah, have them do the drills, but we need to work on the right. offense, right? And here are the methods for the offense. And so I would have loved to have known that. So anyway, hope this helps you. Let's end it the way we're ending it now. Is like, what books are we into? We just- Book of the week. Book of the week. Uh, we finished uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. The Great Illustrated Classics. Great version. Illustrated Classics edition, Jules Verne. I, I've never- been a very big Jules Verne fan. Uh, You're not a Vernian. I'm not a Vernian. Something like that. Um, But this was very, so we're doing uh, our prehistory lessons right now. And we we decided to do, try to add some chapter books into the, into the mix. And we we said, well, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth kind of has some dinosaurs in there. We thought, yeah, it was an excuse. And they're they're going underneath the earth and they're going to pass some fossils and stuff. And yeah, it did. And so it was kind of. I mean, you know, it was a loose connection. It was a very loose, but was a fantasy thing but we thought hey this is fun and we have this great illustrated classic let's check it out and it was actually a, a really fun little read now they spent the first half of the book going through tunnels and stuff i thought there was gonna we were gonna get to the dinosaurs and the underwater you know world a lot sooner but eventually we got there um but it was cool yeah the, um my daughter was you know, hey, Dad, we got to keep reading Journey to the Center of the Earth. We got to keep reading. We got to keep yeah, reading. She was actually really into it. She really, really liked it. Um, she enjoyed it. And what's really cool about those great illustrated classics? There, there, we got a lot of the hardcover versions of them, and we yeah, can make thrifting. thrifting. You can always see them. They're the white bound uh, books. They stand out a lot. The so red if you, lettering. Yeah, the red lettering. So they they just stand out. So you can pick them off really quickly if you see them. Uh, we have like I think forty of them we upstairs. Lot, we have yeah. a lot of them upstairs. I'm I'm currently reading the Christmas Carol Great Illustrated Classics right now. You're doing the Christmas Carol one, yeah. I think I I uh, our 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 youngest has a Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. So in her room right now, she's been looking through those. Every other every single page, well, basically every every spread every spread has an image, and it's really really fun. So there's black and white, but they're they're engaging enough. Absolutely, and and you can read them pretty quick, and they're 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 essentially an abridged version of the story. Thank God, some of the stories that need to be abridged there, Um, but. You know, it was really good. She loved it. She wanted to look at the pictures all the time. And, the you know, the chapter was, chapters were pretty short. It took about 
I don't know, less than two hours to read. So it was a great little sit and mm -hmm. we enjoyed it. And so we just wanted to recommend the pick up your great illustrated classics at your local uh, Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes for it. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!